You're listening to The Building Code. I'm Tom Houghton. I'm Paul Worth. Today's episode, we're recording live from our May Builder Trend University session. We have over 70 attendees from 18 different states and three different countries. I'll introduce our guest for this episode in just one second, but want to make a quick note to all of our listeners. We have a great deal for our June 2019 Builder Trend University. You can buy two tickets and get one free. This is a great opportunity for your team to learn more about Builder Trend. Our June Builder Trend University is on June 19th and 20th in Omaha, Nebraska. All you have to do to sign up is just go to the show notes page at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Click on the link there to register for BTU and make sure you mention the podcast when you register. Our guest today is Nick Schiffer, owner of NS Builders. You can find him on Instagram at NS Builders. You can also see his work on YouTube as well. We're going to dive right into our conversation with Nick. I think what would be beneficial to our listeners is kind of talk about your growth. Sure. Um, Because obviously you obviously started by yourself Mm -hmm. and then now you've got 15 employees. Right. You've got a massive following on Instagram doing stuff on YouTube, building a great product. Talk us through that journey. So we are only, we're actually only in our fifth year. Uh, and I started, um, so what's that, 2014 I started. And it was just me. I had like my brother and my cousin helping me as like a helper, but I, you know, just went right into being a, like, I should say, I always did side work. You know, I worked for my father for 11 years. I went and built uh, as a P, uh, assistant project manager in high-rise construction, and I was doing carpentry projects on the side forever to a point where it was, like, getting overwhelming to the, you know, I was balancing between, like, 50 hours at my full-time job and, like, 40 to 60 hours on the side while trying to date my now wife, which oh, probably nice. would have broke up with me if I continued that. So, uh, like, side projects is, like, knocking out, like, a... Whatever, built-ins, like, sure, like built-ins for built-ins or installing some crown molding. I, I built sheds for a long time. I was like shed boy in high school. But when I was in the high-rise job, I decided that I was just going to leave and start my own thing. That was where my passion was. I wanted to control it. I knew I could put a better product out there than like you know building a high-rise with you know cheap finishes in it, right? And when I left the architect of that high-rise actually um, we, we became very close and he really respected who I was you know as a project manager and you know we, we just we worked well together long story short he was like listen I'm buying a house I'd love to renovate it if you're interested in the job you know you have the job like let's let's chat so I left and I renovated I got renovated a house by myself <laughs> oh man yeah I don't even remember what the schedule was on it but I know I know I didn't meet it right <laughs> I was working seven days a week, like 6 a.m. to like 8 p.m., just like, just killing it. Yeah. And renovated the whole house, and it just kind of stemmed from there. It was like, I knew that I was going to do, I wanted to do bigger projects. And for probably, I want to say like two years, um, and the map's probably a little bit off, but for like two years, I would take on miscellaneous, like anything, you know, building a curved deck or a bathroom or a kitchen doing some interior trim, just whatever I could to just like do what I loved. And finally, I had hired friends at this point. Um, ultimately, I ended up letting all my friends and family go because it just wasn't a good dynamic for for us. Um, and I hired my first real employee, I, I say, uh, which is Mike, who's still with me. And he was the first like actual carpenter. And when I hired him, I realized that I don't have to, I can focus on the business. And, you know, Mike started working with, at my time, at the time, my friends, and then we started, then I hired another carpenter and then started realizing that I was going to start building this team and quickly realized, quickly realized that I'm going to pull myself out of the field and I'm going to, you know, basically encourage them to take the reins and like produce, you know, the quality and the product that I once was. And, you know, at the time I was like, you know, I can do it better than them. Now they all can do it better than me. And it was because it was, maybe it wasn't necessarily better, but it was my way and training them to, Hey, this is what I was doing, but I want you to improve upon that. And realizing that trying to build a business, building cabinetry at night, renovating during the day, I was putting like 70% effort in all of those instead of just a hundred percent effort into the business. So early on, I actually um, started using social media for just like 
sharing what I was doing. Like, hey, this is a good avenue. It's free. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put, put my stuff out there. And I built this curved deck. It was when I was just, it was just me um, with a helper. And I built this curved deck. And I remember someone reaching out and saying, hey, would love to chat with you. Saw the stuff that you build on Instagram. This is really cool. Immediately, I was like, okay. This is something. It's happening. Right. This is the, and it was, I mean, this was years, like right. two, so sure. two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Social media being just Instagram? Was that your was platform? Ju- yeah. And I would like yeah. share it back to Facebook, right. but it was like, Facebook was like my friends and family saw it. They're like, cool, Nick, like another deck, another, <laughs> another renovation, yeah. project, whatever. <laughs> but Instagram, it was like, I was like just soaking in as much, like connecting with people and chatting. And I just started putting all my effort into it and really... Not, I wouldn't say studying, but like paying attention to like content creators and like understanding what this approach needed to be. No, nothing very, nothing like formal, like not like understanding the algorithms ever. I never cared about that. I was just like, I'm just gonna be consistent. I'm just gonna always post and always put my product out there. And my wife and I got married, and my photographer or our photographer, I was like, what do you do, do during the week? He's like, well, I edit photos and stuff. I'm like, would you want to shoot one of my projects? He's like, yeah, sure. So he came out, shot it, and I was like, this is cool. <laughs> now, like, this, these are professional photos showing what we're doing in, in motion, like, and the details and getting better photos. And then I started sharing those. And then I was like, all right, I need to elaborate on this. Like, what, we do, what we're doing, but why we're doing it. Why did we do it that way? Right. And I just stayed very consistent with it and just always posted and always communicated and tried to you know, have conversations with people that were on that platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just time and time again, just proved to be a worthwhile investment of my time to the point now it's like solely how we're getting business people. And if, if they're not coming through Instagram, they are solidifying us after our initial conversation by finding us on social media, but by saying, Hey, after we met, I checked you out on Instagram this is amazing. Let's do it. Let's do the project. Have you ever done the math? So like, let's take it five years back. What do you think a small business in construction spent on marketing? Traditional platforms, pay-per-click, even newspaper. Like, what, what do, do I think? think? Yeah, I, what do you think a see, business... I, see, I don't know, but 50,000 plus. Right. So let's just say it's that. Yeah. Or maybe not a small business. Like one of the big, like the bigger builders in yeah, Boston. Yeah. yeah. yeah People so like, that I'm compete, competing with. Your competitors. Using air quotes. And they're, yeah, they're probably <laughs> on air. They're, so they're probably still doing that. And you're you're putting that fifty thousand dollars. I mean, it's your time for mm-hmm. sure, but you're not you're not spending that money, right? And so, I think it was two thousand seventeen. I think is the year I I, I spent all my profits on marketing, mm-hmm. and it was we took all the projects that we were doing, realizing that these projects are cool, but this isn't what we want to build. So let's take the money that we're going to make on these projects and put it back into the project to make it cooler. And it wasn't that formal. It was like, it just kind of ended up that way. Just happened. But we did that and it was like, that is dope. Right. Like, and, and I look at it and I'm like, yeah, only because they got a killer deal and we overinvested on, on their on their project mm-hmm. in hopes to sell it at the, the price it should be the next year. Right. And we did that, you know, over a handful of projects. And we'll, we'll always, you know, kind of... We'll do that in a lot of our projects. We'll, you know, we'll pick an area that like, hey, let's make this better. We're like, hey, we're renovating the whole house and we're leaving that room. Screw it. Let's, we'll, we'll pay for it. We'll strip that room and do that room too. But it was those little things that allowed us to promote a better product than we were are in the market with already and allowing us to take the next step. But magazines, they, they were all day. Nick, full page ad, $3,800 for one, for one magazine. And I was like, so it got to a point where it became so annoying mm-hmm. that I was like, you know what? I just, now I want to prove to them that I'm not going to spend any money on marketing. Right. And I'm going to blow everyone out of the wall. Yeah. And it's like, now I get like, now all these bigger builders that I'm, again, air quoting. Air quoting. Yeah. Competing with yeah. in Boston. They do great work. A lot of them, like, I, th- I would say way above the level that we do. Some of them at the same level and some way below. But they're late to the social media game, and they have someone running their social media. Blade, like very much just like look at the pretty bathroom we did, right? And they're reaching out to me. Hey, can we grab coffee? Yeah. Sure. What? What's up? I just want to get. I just want to understand like the secrets behind social. I'm like, 
just post all the time right. and t- and talk and talk and communicate and explain the value that you bring. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand, but I'm like, okay, you don't understand. Like this, it's very simple. Right. Like right. we're not. I'm not. You know, we post a lot of final photos because people want to know what it looks like. Yeah. But we're also not posting it saying, look at the pretty bathroom. It's like, hey, check out the tile. This is how we installed it because this is the best best method. Or you'll never believe that this vanity is blah, blah, blah. Right. It's the behind the scenes of it right. that you're kind of selling a little bit more. Right. And that, I mean, and then as Instagram evolved, we started using the story function. Sure. Uh, actually, it was Snapchat first. So mm-hmm. Snapchat. Yeah, Snapchat. Yeah. We, I, I went to Snapchat and I started storing everything I was doing. And Gary Vaynerchuk became a huge, like, you know, he started getting very, very big. And I was obsessed with the way he was producing his content. So I was like, I'm doing this. Like, he's, do- he's doing stories, I'll do stories. And I'll, t- I'll talk about what I do. So that's then, you know, all over Snapchat. And then Instagram got stories. And I was like, I'm on now on Instagram. And that's what people love to see. Like, I had a client hire us because she wanted to watch her renovation unfold on that's our stories. Amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> she was like, it's just going to be so cool. I'll be at work and you're going to be at my house <laughs> seeing this unfold. That's really good. That's <laughs> really good. That I feels like so 2019 many, to me. Every time you go, every time you go on that five minutes, whatever you just story, you tell, I've, I, I got a lot. I got like five questions. I think our, our listeners would love to hear. We talk about the leap a lot. We talk about why did you start your own business? That's quality. a crazy leap. Just quality. But, I, but in terms of your transparency, I want to know, you were doing high-rise. Did you, you don't have to get into specifics. Did you have money saved? Nope. Did you have a net? I'll tell you how exactly. Do you, how do you I'll, go to business? I'll, I'll tell you that because everything, all those years since I was a child, I bought everything. Like, I owned all my tools. I didn't go out and take a loan. The only loan I had was my truck. Okay. So with that being said, I made a great salary at my job. Um, I found out that I was probably overpaid by other builders that were trying to hire or other project uh, management companies trying to hire me. Um, and my bonus structure was unreal. It was like I could make up to 40% of my salary a year. And I was like, you know what? It's not about the money. I want to do what I love. Well, that's so why knowing why? that, why even think about leaving, right? Because you had to. I think it's it was be- a qual- it was definitely quality. Yeah, like there's something I was inside. It was cool to see a high res go up, but at the end of the day, it was like, yeah, it's a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Yeah. And it was just I couldn't control what it looked like. Right. I was just controlling like data. Right. So it was really I just wanted to do something that I love. I tell this story a lot. I put my notice in on December first, and I said I'll give him a month. Because I knew, like, I was the only, I was an assistant project manager, it's $180 million high rise, and my PM was in New York. So it was like, I was eyes and ears every single day. So I knew if I left, like, it was going to be, like, someone was going to have to fulfill my shoes, and they weren't going to do it on Christmas. Right. So I was like, I'll give it to January 1st. I was offered, if I remember right, I think like 30 grand on spot to stay in a, another 90 days. Right, and there's and would, no way you turn that down, right? And I called my wife, and I called my father, I called, I was like, I, and they were like, listen, dude, it makes sense, like, listen, hear me out, it makes sense to take it because you'll just start your business in 90 days and you'll be fine. And I went in and I said, no. <laughs> and, that, they were, and they and were I, like- I'm not trying to be over-exaggerating, that's wild. How old were you? Um, 25. No, like, there's but no me, way you did that. Swear to God, hear crazy. me out. That's crazy. What I, I, you know why? Because I was like, because in 90 days, that 30 grand's a drop in the bucket. They'll offer it to me again. Oh, now, I see. So you just, I, I saw, like, I, I was like, it's not, it, if I want $30,000, then I'll go bust my ass for three months and get it. Right. And it, it, it like, maybe it, again, I'm not trying to be like a business no, coach, yeah, yeah. but that's just, it didn't make sense to me. And like, I'm so glad I did. Well, yeah. And it's funny because I always tell the story. I went back and they hired three people to, to do what I was doing. Yeah. I was like, I hate you guys. Well, they knew it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, they knew that they couldn't. But I, so here's my crutch, right? My crutch was when I explained where I was going and that I wasn't going to work for a competitor of theirs. He was like, listen, Nick, I support this 100%. Like, this is awesome. I really do wish you the best. So like a week, a month, a year, five years, if it doesn't work out, your job's here. 
I was like, what, I, have, I, I have nothing to lose. Now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's re- like, I guess I should have said that first. That's what yeah. like, that's, but that's where, not like super guaranteed. No, of course. That's a, that, so like you still made a huge leap. We talked about the leap, but like, were you afraid? Like, how do I start a business? How do I start an LLC? How, what does accounting look like? Was any of that a fear to you or you're just like, screw it. I'm just going to go do it and figure it out. I don't think it was a fear. Um, until I got my t- my taxes. Yeah, done. I was thinking about taxes right, right away. So I'm a 25 year old on my own business. Yeah, I was, definitely surprised. I was definitely <laughs> surprised when I. Dem- you know what? That's something that like I, I wish they that needs to be taught. Right. Like taxes. Yeah. Like how to be an adult, not not algebra, but like how to be an adult and like the fact that you're going to pay taxes, like all of that. Yeah. Right. Especially as business owners. Yeah. Right. It's business. not just like insurance. You know, understanding like, every every month. I got a bill saying, hey, you just did more volume. Now your insurance is up another 10 grand. It was just like, it was compounding. And it's like, now I'm just like, how do I pay? It's like $98,000 a year in insurance. Like, why? Right. And I don't understand it. And I'm like, can someone explain it to me? Because like, I'm like, if that's what it is, that's what it is. But I don't know if it's right or wrong. Right. Right. You and I don't know if I am my uh, my taxes are right or wrong. So yes, that was probably my first like reality check. Like, okay, I I need to figure this out. And I think I did my books like the, the very last month of that first year because I was like, I'm too busy. I bill people, but like I just dump those checks in a, an account. Right. So, I mean, even now it's like, I mean, we have systems in place, but like it, we're still perfecting that. Yeah. And it doesn't really. It doesn't really scare me because I know, I believe and I know what we're doing is the right thing. And in my eyes, doing the right thing is always the right thing. So if my systems aren't perfect, I'm not going to change what our values are because my system is screwed up. Like my values have to remain true and my system, like what we, who we are has to remain the same. So, and then make the systems work. Because I see right. too many people, they're like, I'll just, I'll, I'll take on this job or I'll just, I'll screw this person or whatever, you know, because the systems are out of whack. Uh, you lost me a little bit there. With systems being like how you do your accounting. Accounting, yeah. Processes. Like, yeah, like, yeah, your processes. Like more, more so the accounting side of it. So yeah, like you know. it goes from a passion to like got to do the right thing, got to be quality to once you finally like look at the books like, ooh, that didn't work out for me very good financially. Right, and it's like. And then you make your change to your actual values. Right, and that's that, that, and yeah. a lot like that's what that's the shift I, I see where it's like, all right, let's not shift there, right? Because when you shift there, like to get back on track, it's like when I hire a, like an apprentice or someone that doesn't know, I want them to I want them to go as slow as they need or even slower because mm-hmm. the I want them to be the very best because efficiency and speed will come later. If I put them into a speed, they're to ever get to the level of quality that they need. They're so far gone. Yeah, they won't go there. And it's the same thing with the processes. If we we switch who we are, value wise, mm-hmm. to bring it back, to like, hey, now we're hey we're high quality again. It's like, no, dude, you 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 did that two years ago. You guys can't come back to that. Right. Like, look at the product you put out for two years. Right. But um, that like doing the, it's always been doing the right thing is going to be the right thing. But that leap, I think, there's so many people who are listening. They're probably more more business owners, so they respect the leap. They yeah. did it. But like, there are so many people who are probably sitting at maybe Builder Trend, maybe any job. They're just like, I have an idea, I have a passion. There's no way I can start my business. I have no money. I live paycheck to paycheck ish, right? I, Tom, you, you own your own business. It's true. I, you there. There comes a time where you just have to. I think you said it best, Nick, when you said they're offering me thirty thousand dollars for ninety days. I know I can go bust my rear end and make thirty thousand dollars. I think. Right. I, right. I think there's a little I bit of com- there, there's a little make- bit of confidence that has to happen. Though, Did you have a job yet? Was it the guy's job? The um, architect. The architect that wanted. That you- was my first. Yeah, I had one right before him too. Yeah, I had work lined up. Okay, you had work lined up. Because you did always. But I, the, would, the I was side. always doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I got you. Yeah, you got to do the side hustle a little bit to kind of get something there, and yeah. then once you kind of feel the momentum, then you just gotta make the switch. Yeah, I mean, there like so many people have different thoughts on that right like some people say like for me it was i i had to work i had to work on my side work so much to a point where i physically couldn't do both anymore right 
and then make a choice. Right. Whereas some some do just quit and then start a company. Right. And that like I, I just never. I've That's never, what I was talking about. Yeah, and I like I think it's doable, and I think nowadays it's even easier in the sense that the community that is in our industry alone is huge. Instagram alone, like you can learn so much. Oh, you mean just by learning? That's and, the- and talking to people. It's like grab grabbing one of us, someone here, someone else that's been in your position, and just talking. Like that's what that's what I like. I wish I had like someone. Everyone told me not to do it. Yeah. My, I called my father's accountant. I'm like, hey, I need to. I want to set up like QuickBooks and blah blah. blah. He's like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> you want to get into construction? Like, my friend does it, and he doesn't really like it, and he doesn't make a lot of money. I'm like, I remember exactly where I was on the phone with this guy making the decision that I was starting a company and this guy's telling me no. I'm like, like, and he, what? I probably pay him $180 an hour. It's like, this right. guy's telling me no. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because we met last week and we just hired a full-time videographer yeah. and he's like, not where I thought you were going to be in uh, four years. Yeah. <laughs> right. People but, say that about build a trend a lot too. But yeah. it's like, you, it's you, true. I, I think that makes it more fun. Well, it's a chip on your shoulder in a way, right? right. It's like, like cool. all right, cool. Like, let me prove you wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prove you wrong. But I think having like the positivity and like my father, I always say he gave me the best. It was like the best and worst advice ever. And his advice was like, every everything, you'll figure it out. Which is like terrible advice, but it's also like very true. It's I was like, Dad, I don't know how I'm gonna have a kid. Like, I can't even afford to put food on the table for us. He's like, Right, you'll figure it out. I mean, that, that's parenting in a nutshell. Right. Honestly. Yeah. And it's yeah. like every step. I'm like, what if I don't have work? And he's like, when have you never had work? Right. I'm like, well, never. He's like, yeah, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Exactly. And it's funny it, like, to look back now and think about that. That was always his advice and how that was like the pro- like this is the product of I, I'll figure it out is wild. Well, and it's also when you were talking about your employees, it basically was your advice to them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what should I do, Nick? I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah. Like, let's, let's, you know my standards. Want, right. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it or do you know right. you know the right thing to do? Right. Because it's the same thing. If your dad would have given you some safe answer, it would have limited what you could do. Right. It would have been easy. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Way to go, dad. Way to go, dad. Shout, shout out, out. Shout out. Wait, I thought we were canceling shout outs. <laughs> he is definitely on Instagram and he will definitely listen to this. So. Okay. Oh, good. good. Dad's go. on Instagram. So let's talk about Instagram. That's how you're famous. Did you say that earlier? I did. Okay. Uh, you are definitely <laughs> famous in these halls. I think once you, yeah. There's so much hype of like, <laughs> Nick from NS Builders is coming. I, I think by Instagram standards, once you pass that 10,000 follower mark, you're kind of getting famous. Well, I, Especially I think, in this industry. Yeah. Well, and you go past that. I mean, you're you're eight times, almost nine times past that now. So I think it's probably safe to say. Right. And we've talked to a few guests, the Emergent, the uh, AFT. Yep. They, Matt, they're all like, team. yeah. Brad, Matt. And Brad are great. Yeah, right. they're both great. Yep. But what I think is what, what I found really interesting, and I don't know if you did it or it just organically happened, is the idea of networking, sharing information. Because for a long time in this industry, it was like trade secrets, right? But yeah, with the exception of this old house. With the except, okay. So sure. else brought that's this. good. Forty years. That's yeah. good. They've been sharing everything. Yeah. But they weren't for profit, right? Or in a lot of ways. So I, like, yeah, I, I think people were scared of sharing in their community to like. The competitors. This is. Like, I, we, I think we get this question all the time. Why? I don't see any like any issue with it at all. And I like I constantly see what we do be reproduced by someone else. Maybe we get credit. Maybe we do, don't. I don't care. Right. But what it's doing is it's number one. It's elevating their you know their approach. Like they're they now need to put a little bit more effort to do it. But they're also getting the confidence. But at the same time, it's making us always innovate. I right. sat down with you, I yeah. sat down with the guys from uh, Bloom Hinges from Germany. I was at a conference with them and he had stopped he pulled me aside and he asked me the same exact question. He goes, "I just don't know if it makes sense for us to share." I'm like, "So, you make a brand new hinge. It's innovative. It's crazy. Like it's the most innovative hinge on the market for cabinetry. Send what if what happens if you sent the blueprints to Grass? Another hinge company, right?" Well, they would dissect it and reproduce and make their own version, right? What if you don't? Well, they're going to get your hinge, and you have no idea when they're going to come out with their own because 
You've, you haven't controlled that. I'm controlling yeah. the fact that here's my information, here's my blueprint, go produce it. Because really the moment I do that, I'm like, all right, he's got that. I need to think of something better. Yep. That's it, a it really does, cool way to think about it. it. Not a cool way. That's the reality. But a lot, like, a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, I'm cool with what I do. I don't need to keep doing cooler stuff. This isn't directed at you. Right. Like, if you're cool like, at that plateau, like, that's totally fine. Right. Like, it's the people that are like, I want better. I want to build better. I want to build better quality. I want to build bigger homes, more, like, more innovative stuff. Then you need to innovate, and then you need to force yourself to innovate. And one of the best ways to force yourself to innovate is to make everyone behind you right on your ass. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, th- th- this is a... Tom's got an ear-to-ear grin. You're I do. You're just like speaking English language. I do because it Tom's is... Tom's very high quality. You, pre- you preach that a lot. Thanks. It drives me nuts that, you know, in my mind, construction is a, a science mm-hmm. and it's an art, but both of those things can yield great results. And I feel like a lot of times they don't because the passion's not there. And you have somebody like yourself who I'd say is like an influencer in the industry and you're looking ahead and you're going, what's next? How can we make this better, right? We, of course, try to do that here at Builder Trend. We're always looking, how are we gonna make this better? And again, you can leave a wake behind you that just looks like terror, or you could, like you said, lift the entire industry behind you, right. and that will also then push you further forward. And I mean, eventually that's gonna trickle down to say it's quality based like the low quality guys and they're going to be like all right i gotta step up my game a little bit and what that does for the industry is that now we don't have this gap of guys that suck and like or like a client like say like the middle of the road client either has to go with the guy that sucks because he's cheap enough or they exhaust their life savings on the guy that's expensive there's no one in the middle if the guys up top and are, are sharing everything that stuff trickles down and then you have this natural like progression from like you know, a one to a 10. And now this whole middle class gets this whole group of like five to sevens. Yeah. We talk about that a lot here. We talk about elevating the industry as it relates to another topic we talked about, which is like transparency. That is a huge problem. People's perception of construction companies, they are out to screw me. Right. Right. Every time. Yeah. And so like, to elevate that, and, and I'm not product pitching builder trend, but like the client portal is the vehicle for that. But the client portal doesn't make, doesn't doesn't do diddly squat unless unless the person using it. Right. That's part of their business is to elevate communication and transparency. So, I, I love that you mentioned that you can control. You, you're kind of controlling your competitors a little bit. Mm-hmm. I of course come from like a tech background, so another company that I love, Tesla. Shout out to them. Yeah. Elevating the industry so they share all their patents. Right because they go, we believe in something. But so they just did something where they showed the internal computer of their car with everyone. Right. And so you have all these other car companies who are now looking and going, oh crap, we have all the answers. Because they could have just bought another car, just like you said. And dissected it. Exactly, dissected it. They're controlling it because they also said, oh, by the way, this is our current generation. We're already working on the next generation. And it's the same thing in your industry. You have an opportunity to make a difference and set a standard, a new standard. Right. Yeah. It gets you, me excited. You ha- Sorry. Yeah, you have that luxury when you're a billionaire, Elon Musk. <laughs> I mean, honestly. But he wasn't always. Yeah. Well, he has been for a long time. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't no, know if you read his book, but yeah. like he, there, like there's a, there is a perception that he's a psycho and he's like, he's an idiot and he doesn't know what he's doing and he's just like, he's wasting money, but he's... He's never swayed from what he believes in. Correct. And that, like, he, yeah, no. I think, I, I forget, he, when he sold, was it PayPal? PayPal. Yep. yep. Sold PayPal. He invested all his money, and he slept on his friend's couch. Yep. He was like, well, I'm doing something for the planet. Yeah. Not for not for the U.S., not for, like, the planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just was like, yeah, so I'm just going to sleep on your couch, bro. I have no money. I invested it all in this stuff I believe in. Right. Not that is going to make me, I believe in. But how yeah. different would everything be if everyone just did something that they believed in? Very different. Right? And that's exactly what you're but doing. The, you know, trying to bring it back. But the problem circle, is like, it would be this incredible wave yeah. of failures and pe- people just give up too easy. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, there's like I, I said it earlier, like there's times I've like said, why am I doing this? Right. And it's because what? Maybe, you know, maybe I forgot to bill clients for a month. I've done that. That sucks. Yep. It's like, how did we not bill last month? Like cash flow issues. It's like, I'm not, I'm not perfect, but it's like, 
it's like, why am I dealing with this stress? It's like, I should like, screw it. I'll just go work for someone. Like I, I shouldn't have to worry about the fact that I forgot to bill someone. Right. It's like, and then I'm like, Nick, are you listening to yourself? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just bill them. You'll be fine. Right. Like right. you're doing the right thing. Like, but I connect with my question earlier. I connect with your struggles. Like when you talk to your dad about, Hey, I don't know if I can have a kid cause I can't pay bills. Like, and it goes back to you being very transparent and honest is like, you are going to have those times if you start your own business. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not going to be easy, Nope. No. but rewarding, fulfilling, you're actually doing something that you believe in. You're I mean, from a business side, yeah, you need like you need to have someone help you set up the systems and make sure that you're accounting and you're paying yourself right and all that. And like, and I can't comment on that or recommend like who you work with, but like that is very important from a business yeah. side. Yeah. Again, not a business coach. I'm solely saying that like my my father said you'll figure it out. I tr- I believed in him, and to this day, that's never steered me wrong. There's times where it's like, yeah, like hey we're not going to go out this week. Like, yeah. not that we can't afford it, but like maybe like the money isn't coming in the right way. Like, let's just like reevaluate what we're, what we're doing. And like, I need to audit myself personally in business, in the business side. Yeah. yeah. That's a but good it's, point. You can't let the fact that money is an issue on them for a month because you didn't bill or you didn't produce the, the, the quality sway you into a different lane, a whole different path for yourself. Because yeah. then, yeah, like, it's you're, you're totally restarting. Right. Can we talk about people? Because so again, you started off by yourself, yeah. and you did the. It sounded like you did like the family friends thing, <laughs> and that didn't work out. I love those guys, but no. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you went out and you hired somebody, wow. and they've stuck with you. Yeah. So how did how did you find that person? You know, um, like I mean, can you give us more insight into that? So every single person that works for me. I'm sorry, 13 out of the 15 people that work with me DM me on Instagram and just was like, hey, I like what you're doing. I want to be a part of it. Whether it was in response to like one of the ads that we made or not, but it was like they believed in who we were. Mike, the first one, was th- I-, I commented on one of his photos. He- so he was a friend of a friend, but uh, I, knew, like, I knew him through my buddy Jay and I was following him and he posted something about like a picture of carpentry. I'm like, hey, when are you going to come work for me? Just like on his thing. He messaged me. He's like, if you're serious, I'm down to talk. <laughs> and we, I hired him. And the, the, the most recent hire, who's Zach, we, he just started this week. Um, I'm not there because I'm at Nebraska. Um, Omaha, Nebraska. That's beautiful. But he followed us on Instagram, loved what we did. And randomly, like we had neighbors over and he was like talking about this kid that built great car- cabinetry and that he couldn't afford him but he like loved his work I'm like what's his name he's like oh he loves your stuff on Instagram so I messaged him on Instagram that night I'm like Zach we need to talk and he was like what and I'm like I <laughs> want to so cool. I want to hire you yeah and he's like and he came in and he interviewed and he's like he interviewed once brought him on and he was like definitely not sure like he wanted to leave his company came in for the second interview on site and I'm like you know, just preaching what we are, like not, not a sales pitch, but like, this is who we are. He's like, dude, I'm just going to stop you. I don't care what you have me do. I want to be a part of this. And I'm like, all right, cool. Made him an offer, took it, came in a week later and his boss like, like flooded him with like, I'll give you all this. And he, he was like in this like mind, like his mind was going crazy. He's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to be again, transparent. Let me be honest with you. I've been in your position. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and like offer you like a brand new Tesla because shout out to you know, yeah, shout out, yeah. but because like your boss, I, like this is who we are. Like, this is what I can offer you. And I can offer you a, a job, like a career in a, an environment and in a culture that you're going to genuinely love. I don't know who your boss is. Maybe he can do the same, but I'm not here to try to sway your mind. You're going to make a decision based on your gut, but you're sitting here in front of me and, two days after he told you this and you're nervous and you don't know what your decision is. So let's not talk now. Like go home, let it sit over the weekend. Like we're not, you're not supposed to start for three more weeks. Give it a week. And I got a message. Like, I think, I think a week later, he was like, I'm in. And he was like, it just, I had to go with my gut. Like you, you're right. It, he, it, he was making it hard. It's like breaking up with a girl. It's like, right. but I love you. It's like, Oh, you do. Right. It's like, maybe I shouldn't break up. Right. But, Ultimately, he was like, no, it's, you know, I like what you guys do and what you stand for. And you've never swayed from that. But that was a great full circle story. Right. Because like I yeah. love how you're like, dude, I was in your shoes. Yeah. 
They offered me 30 grand. It's, I get, like, and you reconsider everything. Sure. But it. But you got to check yourself, like you said, and go, what am I really about? What I, what, what, what made me think about the first decision? So. Yeah, he's, so, and I mentioned briefly, um, I actually did hire one more friend, um, and it's Doug, who, in college, we were, like, amicable. We weren't, like, best friends, but we uh, lived in the same house. Um, but he's my videographer. So he went off on his own, and he started his own video company, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, familiar. And I was like, Doug, like, I would love to involve you in, this was early on, like, a couple years ago, in my social media, would love to produce some, like, cool videos. So he was all for it. We started doing this series on my my personal home. That kind of dwindled off because it just got too stressful. He ended up closing his company, went and worked for someone, restarted his company. Then I started hiring him again. And then all the builders around, like on Instagram, were hiring him. And he'd produce videos. And I'd watch him like, Doug, that looks just like mine. (laughs) I'm like, dude, like change the video, like the the song. But that's his, that's who he is. That's like, he's putting out the same product because that's his creativity. So ultimately, I was like, you know what? I want to hire you full time. So you tell me the number that we have to get to, and if I can't pay you that right off the bat, we'll, let's map it out and figure out how we get you there. And he's like, dude, honestly, like I'm sick of like invoicing people. So if I can just get a paycheck and, and film and produce cool stuff, let's do it. That's so awesome. I was there like, all right. Go. So I told everyone, I'm like, all of you guys are gonna be on video. I want you guys to be as involved and I want you guys to get excited about it. And he, he started the, his first week and like we just posted a video just a minute ago. And Tom, one of my carpenters, reached out and he was like, I want to do a video on how to install window trim. And I called Doug, I'm like, I don't even want to be there, just go do it. And he sent me the video and I'm like, it's mint. It's be- like, I'm like, that's, that's better awesome. than me. Yeah. So it's like using that to expand, like sharing our knowledge and sharing our process. and showing our clients our value and then the professionals the how to yeah and that's that's the hardest bridge to like you have all these all this content where it's like very professional driven and then you have all this content that's very client driven and i'm like trying to desperately bridge that yeah where it's like entertaining and you know great for clients but also you know it's informative and great for the professional and respected yeah you you started out saying content just get it out there right no strategy around your social media has that evolved for you since you've gotten no. A, a lot better at it or, or when or I start like more? when I start overthinking or like putting together a strategy or like that picture doesn't look good I'm like dude check yourself like just post it <laughs> like consistency like now I'm 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 teaching social media here but mm-hmm. consistency is far more important and coming from a guy that now has a videographer and we hire photographers but consistency is way more important right I do the video and the photographer for like the final like client facing yeah. things mm-hmm. But it's the consistency is far more important, you know. And if it doesn't do well, like who cares? Yeah. Like there's that algorithm is always going to change. Like Instagram will change it and then like flag you for being fake or something. Sure. I watched a video on your YouTube channel earlier today about stair treads. Yeah. You were uh, putting like a like a notch. Oh yeah. In yeah uh, um, yeah that's I like drive project. Yeah. So the lamello clips. Yeah. Yeah. Those were. I, I was like sitting there with like my mouth open, like this is amazing. Like, and I go like, I have never built a staircase in my life, but it was captivating. Uh, you, I learned something out of it. That's which cool to hear. I'm a huge learner, so yeah. that I love you know. That's like the hardest thing from a, a, a the professional connection is, or and, and also the client facing is like, you have to have a professional. Like I can't go in there being the professional and having a professional. So like I had. Um, Rich, uh, we had Rich Tathui on our podcast and before it, he was like, dude, love the video, but you guys like had no idea who the professional was. You guys were both talking. So it's like, all right, like I, I learned from that. I'm like, you guys have been doing this 40 years, man. Like I get it. So like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to let who I'm talking to talk Yep. and let me just like be the, the, the loud guy that, you know, uh, introduces and, and kind of talks about what we're about to, right. but let them be the professional. You're the setup. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's super... That's you. That's Tom. me. But that, like, you have to know like, your role. And yeah. that, to, to know that we can do a video, like Tom's video with the window, Molly watched it last night. She, Molly's like, I've never done a window, but I totally understand right. what, he, what he's talking about. Yep. And it was so, like, Doug's like, it needs an intro. I'm like, dude, it doesn't. Yeah. Post it. But everything's got to, you know, in definitely in social media and, like, what works, what doesn't work, obviously, post it, do it. 
but you will learn as you go. Yeah, absolutely. Like cut the intro. Sure. Move on. And that it, right. And instead of like being like, ah, we can't post that. Just post it. Yeah. Then you put it up. Learn. Get the feedback. Move on. Yeah. Same yeah. thing with the photos. Like po- like we would, I would post a photo and then be like, oh, your trim's uh, crooked. Cool, man. Thanks for pointing it out. So now when I post a video, I'm like looking for it. It's like, yeah, trim's crooked. Let's do a different, a different photo. Right. You right? learn from it. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So how much of your time is answering comments or responding to comments or DMs from people? Not much. Like um, how many comments do you get on a post yeah, no ballpark? Idea. You don't know? 50 to 100. Maybe. Do you do you have, do you have a? I try to respond. You try to respond all. Yeah, like I'll do it in my free time when I'm. <laughs> when's free that? Time. Yeah, yeah like, we we had a bit of your schedule there. <laughs> yeah. Like see, no, you yeah. know, like no, it's like going to the bathroom or something. Right, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, or, or lunchtime. Yeah. Or, that's a behind the scenes seeker. Right yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a great time. It's multitasking. Yeah. There you go. It's no, it's I, I I do try, especially people that are like having want to have a conversation or genuinely asking like real questions. Right. And you know, if someone's like complimenting us, like I want to like reach out. Right. Uh, DMs, same thing. Like I try. Um, I mean, there's a ton in there that I don't get to. Uh, it's it's hard to fail, but like it, that's important. It isn't. It's a really important part for growth, but also for like the respect. Like you don't want to just be t- tossing out content and not communicating. Right. That's a big. That's a big thing people do, and like that's a big failure. Right. There's unwritten rules in the social media game. Yeah. It's yeah. like if you're gonna post or comment on something, have respect to comment back or mention it or do something. Right. Right. Because it's it's something that help every it builds on each right. other. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And you guys have an unofficial official network. I mentioned two of them: AFT and, and Emergent yep. and Rising. You guys are all kind of connected now. Yeah, you guys respect each other. You absolutely. help each other. I was talking to Brad yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. What sets NS Builders and yourself apart from everyone else? I take a very different approach to who I am and who. I want to be and who I want my team to be. What does that mean? Authentic, you mean? Authentic, Just yeah, be transparent. Authentic. Yeah, like yeah. it's and be like I'm. You can ask anyone. I'm psycho when it comes to what we put out for product. Right. I rip stuff out. I talk about this all the time. I constantly rip stuff out because I'm like, we can do that better. Yeah. And I'm and I constantly push the limits of my guys with it. I mean, we have a job right now. Um, God, I hope. The, well, I'll just tell the story. Um, <laughs> We can pull it later. No, no, don't pull it because it, it, it's not authentic, right? Um, no, we have, we have, so a year and a half ago, we decided that we were going to build all our cabinetry in-house. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's what we're going to do. We're not going to ever install anyone else's cabinetry. We want to make this our own. And we took this project on and we're getting so insanely busy. It became a bottleneck for us because we have all these projects and we can't build cabinetry fast enough because it's, at the time, it was two guys, three guys, now four guys in the shop making this stuff by hand we don't order anything doors are made by hand everything so long story short we wanted to team up with small mill workshops like hey come under our umbrella we'll handle the design we'll walk you through the process we'll walk you through how we want to construct this stuff and help us be able to produce more work Mm -hmm. we did we walked them all the way through up to fabrication and we obviously weren't in his shop through fabrication it got delivered there were some concerns. It got installed. There was a lot of concerns. Yikes. To the point where internally I'm trying to figure out, all right, what do I do here? Mm-hmm. It's a big, it was a big chunk of money. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where, unfortunately, I just didn't, I wasn't putting the attention on it that I should have. Uh, and then it got to a point where the client and the architect were like, hey, we need to have a meeting about the cabinetry. What stage of construction is this? Like right at the tail. It, it was a real small like kitchen bath, uh, kitchen bedroom. Yeah, it was at the tail. It was, it was paint. paint they were wrapping up paint. Right. So, they had. There, there's a, a handful of things that we did wrong anyway. But in the sense like we left cabinets unadjusted so they look like crap. Like that should have just been like an absolute no. Um, it's funny. I actually I'm rewriting our standard operating procedure and in it says never you are never to allow, uh, leave a cabinet not adjust it like you, before you go home they need to look adjusted and they have that perception right from that, that, point. that that right. right so anyway fast forward i'm like hey i'll be there for the meeting and we walk in and he was like so i found out and they hired us because we were going to build the cabinetry he's like i i found out that you guys didn't build this i'm like before this goes any further let me explain 
it's not that we were, you know, we're not trying to pull a fast one on you. I'm transparent. Like, yes, we were working with a small mill workshop because we're trying to expand, you know, our network of mill workers so we can do more work. Mm-hmm. Walk them through the explanation. And I said, but at the end of the day, and this goes with any of my projects, if you're not happy with something, I'll rip this out and I'll, do, I'll build it again. And I said, let me do this. Let me bring my, my director of millwork, Ken, to the job tomorrow. We're going to go through this. I went on site with him. We spent six hours adjusting the kitchen, figuring out, like kind of walking through piece by piece, what was wrong with it? Could we fix it? Could we get it to a point where we looked at it and be like, damn, that looks good. And we decided we couldn't. They went away and we emailed them the following Monday and I said, listen, I considered this. We're, not, we're going to re- replace your entire kitchen. And they were like, I'm, I'm thinking about it now, how like this is ruining our schedule. But ultimately what it came down to is it just wasn't something we could say, this is NS Builders. This is who we are. This is what we do. And, you know, no, like, could we have got that kitchen to a point where it was good? Yeah. We could have refinished all the stuff that needed to be refinished. We could have changed a couple doors that needed to be changed. But it wasn't, at the end of the day, our product. And we were never going to get there. And everyone's like, well, did you tell the kid that built it? I'm like, for what? Like, he knew coming into it, like, he needed to put his best foot forward. He knew what we produced. He knew that we were super critical of stuff. Like, he knew. So if that's his best, like, I can't fault him for that. This is my fault. Like, it's, you know, he put his best foot forward. It wasn't what we do. So for me to go back and say, hey, you screwed up, or hey, I need money back because I got to replace those, like, that's, it's, it's pointless. That's a really, there's so many parts of that story <laughs> yeah. that, that are great, I think, and I think it speaks to your ethos as a business, right? Like, this is how you guys run things. There's a scenario where you say it's good enough and you actually don't look bad because whoever sees those cabinets again besides people who live there and their friends, right? Yeah. Like, you could have done that. And kept your reputation. Sure. Right? The other side of it would that, have never affected me. Right. The other side of that, you could have done that and they could have been super pissed and told the whole world, that's a terrible scenario. Sure. Yeah. But I think more importantly, internally, like you're speaking to your team too, right? Right. The minute you do that, you can say as long as you want, or as, as loud as you want, this is who we are, mm-hmm. but your actions are, are right. speaking different. And then that's even the longest, worst I, effect. I called the architect the next day and I was like, hey, listen, two things. First, I want to say thank you for you know, scheduling the meeting, taking the time out of your day, you know, spending a couple hours there with me. Secondly, I want to apologize because we obviously didn't communicate correctly mm-hmm. and our expectation, the expectations were not met. But I want, you to let, I want to let you know first before I talk to the client that we will do whatever it takes to make sure they're happy. And that is probably meaning that we're going to replace the entire kitchen. And he was like, I think he was a little surprised by it. Yeah. And he was like, you know, we're working with another builder and, you know, they're just like, well, that's just the best we can do. Or that's just what we, that's our product or just all these excuses. And I look at this as we, we screwed up. We could have communicated better. We could have done this better. All of these things. The only way that we can redeem ourselves is by leaving that project at our, at a hundred percent. I was going to ask. So, what was the client's reaction when you told them you were going to replace it? Were they expect? Or what were they expecting? They were expecting us to be able to adjust it and reap. So, a lot of the issues were with the finish, the paint, um, and they were. When I so in person, when I met with them, I said, "I will replace this kitchen if you're not happy." He's like, "No, no, no! I don't want you to lose money on the job." I'm, I said, "I don't care. Like, I literally don't care about the money on this project. This isn't about that. This is about." your expectation and you being happy with our end product. So if I need to replace it, that's what I'm going to do. And I said to the architect, I said, if he's going to fight me on the fact that he doesn't want me to replace it, he's going to have to fight pretty hard. Yeah. Because, I mean, I want to take pictures of it. Right. Right. Let's look at it from a marketing side, right? And I know I get so much kickback. Like, you can only write so much off on marketing. It's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, if that's what works for you, that's what Mm -hmm. works for you. I want to be able to be proud of that. Right. But the, so the client emailed back, and I don't remember exactly, but it, it was more or less like understanding that how hard of a decision that was, but appreciates that we're going to go to that level to make sure that the product is 100%. Now the hardest part is when. 
Like went, so we went there and we finished the job. It's done with the understanding that we're replacing the kitchen. Oh, I see. So we made it livable, finished the kitchen, put all the hardware on, installed all the fillers, all the trim, like made it done. Like it's considered done, but we're going to be going back and ripping it out and doing it again. Right. In one sense, it's a dollar. <laughs> it's a dollar uh, cost for you and probably a significant one. Lots of dollars. Lots of dollar costs. But in another sense, you're also going to be limiting your team uh, ability to do other jobs whenever you decide to get to it. Three, six, whenever it is, months yeah. down the road. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it's a smart decision, I think. I can say that because I don't have to write the check. Or right. Lose the of course. Money. But from the outside looking in, it's a very smart decision. It's, yeah, and I'm being honest when, like, the financial side of it was never a consideration on whether or not I would do it. It wasn't about that. It was more how this is going to impact my team and how our schedule isn't going to allow for it. Like, I could look at it and be like, oh, it's, you know, it's the neighborhood calls for something like that or the house doesn't call for a nicer kitchen or none of that matters. Mm -hmm. They hired us expecting a certain product and we're not delivering that then we need to fix it and deliver the product they expected. Well, and you're in, in this industry, in your industry, uh, client reviews are super important, getting more so every day that there's new services out there. In addition to that, there is, um, you know, what do they say about restaurants? Like if you have a good meal, like okay meal, you'll tell like one or two people. If you have a bad meal, you'll tell 20. Of course. Right. Same yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Well, neg- I mean, I've never said this restaurant's so good, I, I have to write a Yelp, a Yelp review. Right. But it's like you go and you have a terror. I want to write a Yelp. Exactly. I got to tell everyone that this is terrible. Exactly. Well, like I've never, I, for the record, I've never done that. I've never I done think that. that's so ridiculous. It but. is because I, 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 that's how I got through my six and a half years of college that we, we alluded to in the last episode is I was working <laughs> a lot. So like I, yeah, I would never trash place. Anyway, but what's even, if you keep pulling on this string, the kitchen's where you host parties. Mm-hmm. They got a new kitchen. Sure. They're going to have all their friends there. The friends are going to say, look how, like, your cabinets are amazing. You yeah. Go, you know what? Let me tell you a story about that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. And that story is going to be only putting you in a good light. Right. And it's not why you do it. I get that. No. It's, but uh, it all it, works it, together. Right. And it's like, it's funny because I sat in, in the office. I was like, you know what? This is the decision I'm making. This was Friday afternoon. And I'm like, let me think about this over the weekend to make sure that it makes sense. And then Saturday, I'm like, yep, still still makes sense. Sunday, still makes sense. Monday, still makes sense. Ken, does this still make sense? Yeah. Makes sense to me. I'm like, okay. And I was like, if if I let that slip, why can't I let this slip and that slip? Right. That was my point. It's a slippery slope. Right. Oh, instead. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. Big big fan of that. Um, It's very true. It's like, you have. It has to be just like cold turkey. Yeah. Like you just Mm -hmm. have to do it. Well, again, and talking about your team, like you did a tour this morning of uh, Build-A-Trend. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of stuff on the wall. Yeah. Like we're a big proponent of like, if you have something to say, put it on the wall and then preach to it. That doesn't mean anything if you don't back it up in, in action, right? Right. As your leadership. And yeah. that's the other thing. So if they saw you do that, right? whatever you preach is out of, out of the window. And it's funny because all of my team, I think of like Mike, for example, who's been with me the longest. He would you, he, he would call me. And be like, hey, this doesn't really look good. Like, what should I do? And be like, rip it out. Call like <laughs> call a- call a tile guy and tell him to come back and fix it. Okay, I, I figured that's what you would say. Now I show up and I'm like, why is that tile ripped off the wall? He's like, because it looked like crap and I just called him. And did it. <laughs> and I'm like, these guys are getting it. And yeah. like Ken, the same thing. It's like he'd be he'd do build cabinetry and he'd keep asking my opinion. Like, hey, what about this? Or like, do you think like how should we build that? I'm like, well, how should I don't know. You tell me what, like how, what's the best way we can build that? Well, this way. Cool. Or, or, Hey, this got screwed up. Should we redo it? Yeah. And make sure you tell the client that that cabinet's not going to be on time because we made a mistake and we want to correct it. Total transparency. Do you think that this is, I don't feel like this is normal in the industry though. Would you agree? Am I, I, am I being too harsh? No, no, no. I, I would agree. But I'm being honest when I say I don't pay a lot of attention to what other people are doing. Sure, that's And fair. that sounds like me like, oh, whatever, like I just do my own thing. But it, I'm being truthful. Like people do say that all the time. It's like, well, that's not the normalcy. Right. And, you know, that's why I have, we have the Modern Craftsman. Like we're trying, we're, we're genuinely trying to promote good craft. Right. And if, you know, and there's this such, there's such negativity around our industry, we need to change that. You know, if 
I've chosen to be totally transparent with my approach on social media, with my approach financially, with like the way we communicate what, what's going on. Like, I, you know, we're expensive. Like we're not a, a, a cheap contractor, but we're, it's because the amount of effort and the time we put into this stuff. But let me be transparent and explain that process and, and walk you through that process all the way through. Well, and that was that's where my head was at is like, so I'm, I'm listening to this as a potential business owner in construction or somebody who owns a business. And quite honestly, I can't spend money like I can't I can't just I can't yeah, a just lot of for, people say that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, how do I do that? It's like, Especially oh, yeah, of course, yeah, of course, Nick, that, like just wrote that off. He, he's got plenty of money to do. Right. Which is absolutely bogus. Right. Right. It's, so, like, how do you get to a place where you can do that and still just be financially viable? Right. That, I don't have the answer. Can to that. I right, take I a stab know. at that? Yeah. I, I feel like you actually kind of gave the answer, which is that you're elevating your team to a higher standard. So, because it, it, you can't just do this by yourself. You've right. got to lift the whole tide here. Yep. And and everybody across the board in the industry needs to have as much passion about their projects as frankly you do. You know what? We actually touched on this topic, and I think and I remember the conversation. It was. Maybe you screw something up. Maybe you do a really bad job on something, and maybe you can't. Maybe you physically and financially cannot fix it. That's right? where I was getting at. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. like you have no money, no time. Your your family is gonna like whatever. The worst case scenario. Talk to the client and say, "Listen, I screwed up. I want to fix this. I can't right now. I just I can't. I I can't financially afford to fix this." I promise to you, when when I can, I'll be back. This is something I never thought of because in your scenario, your story about the kitchen, like I thought you were just gonna stop, tear, do it, do it right then and there. But you're like, no, I'm just coming back, and trust me, I'm coming back. That's another good point. I mean, it makes it seem very simple when you say it like that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no, everything to do with it, but yeah. what, like just be honest. I mean, you're you're not you don't have to rip the whole house down and redo it because you messed up but like if you if there's something that you messed up just talk to them and, and communicate and, and at least let them know that hey i know this is messed up and i really do want to fix it and and whether it's a i'll promise i'll do it in a year or i promise i'll do it when i can afford to but you have my word like this is i really want to make this right it's you know it's way easier to be like are they cool with this they're cool with it all right i'm just gonna keep going yeah, the, right. the client communication that. is is that is a extremely difficult conversation. It's undervalued. Yeah, yeah. But it it goes miles with that client. Right. Well, I don't know that it's it's it, it's hard to have. I think that's his point. If you set the expectation up front, like, hey, this is who I am. I'm going to communicate with you. I always think about like people just hate being lied to. They don't hate the truth. Like if you no, they tell hate them, the truth. Well, I mean, they okay. don't hate the truth, but they they don't like the truth. Right. They don't like it, but it's 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 far better than being lied to or right. feeling like you're getting yeah. lied to. Like if you just say to him, I screwed up. Right. Like a lot of people in, look at Builder Trend, right? We yeah. have 450 employees. I bet people are afraid to come to a manager and say, I screwed up. The reality is, the reality is, is like everybody screws up. Even, I know listeners, I do it sometimes. <laughs> Very rare. Very rare. Uh, but I would much rather somebody just say, here's what happened. I screwed it up. Sorry about that. That's my I learned right. my lesson. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And then, look, if they continue to screw up the same way, there's a different There's a different problem. But that's rarely the, and the that, case. Like, but that's the thing. It's like it will financially impact you, but having that financial impact is going to also help you make sure it doesn't happen again. Right. Right. It's like, yeah. Maybe, that hurt, you mean? Yeah. That you felt? Right. Fi- yeah. And, you know, and it's not, I, I say all the time that I rip stuff out all the time, and it's it could be as simple as like, hey, that that piece of baseboard is scribe crappy. Let's let's redo that one piece. And you know, the most extreme is this case. This, this is by far the most extreme case I've ever dealt with. And it's funny because Peter Humphrey from Humphrey Munson Kitchens in the UK was on our podcast a couple episodes ago. And he alluded to the fact that if anyone was ever unhappy, he promised that he would rip out a kitchen. And I loved hearing that. Mm-hmm. I was like, how many have you ripped out? He's like, none. I'm like, I was like, I really just wanted you to say one. Shared that, like, pain. Yeah. <laughs> Got me beat. <laughs> well, at the time, I hadn't ripped out any, but then oh, I thought of that when oh, I was like, yeah. I'm ripping this out. I have to tell Peter. Yeah. Like, so so now, now I'm in the lead with how many kitchens we rip out. Yeah. Um, but it is. It's like, you know, there, you have to be, you just have to be honest. 
and you have to stay true to who you are and what your product is because when you sway from it I mean I I learned that lesson on the daily when I look at a new job it's like well, it's not really our product but we could do it and we can make money on it We and we do it and it's like no one's invested in it it's like I'm looking at it like alright let's just get this thing done and the moment I hear myself say that I like reevaluate everything. I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I sit down with my team. I'm like, listen, this job, I know you want to tell me how much it sucks. You are not allowed to talk about it. Don't tell me it sucks. Don't tell me the client didn't pay. Don't tell me anything about any negative, negative side of this, this job. We've all communicated it loud and clear. That's done with today. Let's move forward and focus on how beautiful it's going to be. Or the fact that we're going to have these really cool photos, whatever. I don't care, but that's it. And that's how we've powered through these projects that I say I shouldn't have taken. It's, right. a great, it's a great management tip, and it can be applied anywhere because truly I think the role of a business owner or a manager is to set that tone. And you set it unconsciously by the way you were probably acting towards it or the, just what happened. But you need to stop and go positive attitude only. I'm obnoxiously positive. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when we talk about attitude, it's like it's not a, a request that you have a positive attitude. Right. It is a rule or you don't work here. Yeah. And look, we all get it. Like our guys make hundreds of calls a day. It sucks. Dude, like, yeah. right? People get hung up on. Yeah. But don't care. You move on right. and you never take negatively about anybody. It's I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons why I've come back to Build Trend. I say that because I started with you guys and it was just me and it was like this is too much to invest in my time in. But it was the culture and like realizing that like the ethos is very similar. But the positivity, it's like that's so huge. It's, you know, Anyone that's ever I've had to, ever had to let go from my company was strictly based on attitude. They were probably talented in some yeah. ways. Yeah, and it was just it was like you know negativity or just you know it just it, not a team player whatever it was it was strictly because of the culture, and that is way harder than yeah. being like hey right. you suck you, yeah you right. screwed this up it's like no you're just kind of mean right <laughs> it's good dude it's you know. My team always says it, and Molly brings it up all the time. And actually, Nick, we were talking about it. The other Nick. The other Nick. The other Nick. That's his Instagram handle. (laughs) Which is such a great... I know. Yeah, by the way, we talked about you not being a celebrity. If you have to have an employee of yours (laughs) say the other Nick, it's pretty much implying that... Dude, so I tell him all the time. (laughs) I'm like, if you didn't didn't check all the boxes in the interview, I would have not hired you solely based on the fact that your name was Nick. Right. I was like, I didn't want to... I just didn't... I didn't want him to be like, hey, it's Nick from NS Builders. Right. I get yeah. that. But uh, he's, he's a great asset to the team. But he, we had an issue with, um, we subbed out a carpenter. Kid came in, you know, talked the talk, gave him an opportunity, kept failing, kept failing. And Nick is like, hey, I'm getting mad. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, we've, we've given him the opportunity. And I was like, hey, listen, man, we all screw up. Like, talking to the kid we hired. Like, I get it, man. Like, you're overwhelmed, whatever the case is. Like, you know, I just want you to, like, if you need assistance from us, like, to put your best foot forward, tell me what you need. And just remained positive all the way through to the point where we, like, I ended up letting him go. He was overpaid for what he did. We ended up having to rip almost everything out that he did. And it's like, well, do you have to ask him for money back? Or, like, do you say something? I'm like, no, like. I don't, what benefit? Like, I get that, like, maybe from a business side, it makes sense, but he, he took advantage of me, and that's enough. Like, long term, that's, you know, short term, yeah, sure, I should have got money back. But long term, he'll just never work with us again. Right, never on. have the opportunity to work with us again. Moving on, yeah. And it's just, like, remaining positive through the absolute worst. So that's, so I am a cynic. Like, that is who I am. That's how I think about things. So like being positive all the time sounds super cheesy to me, but ever since. Yeah. But that's cause you think of like skipping through the halls right. and smiling and right. giggling and yeah. throwing gumballs at people or something. But like, like your point, it's probably the number one thing you can do to be a good employee, a yeah. good, honestly, probably a good friend, a good, a good husband to your wife, like pretty much everything. Yeah. And like, I mean, people love negativity. I mean, look, what the number one podcast is like a murder thing right it's like yeah. the last thing i want to hear about is murder yeah. right but it's like i people love it people love it to breeds. yeah where it's like be be different and just sit, stay super positive like stuff sucks there's days that like i consider like why am i doing this 
But I remember that the, as soon as I flip my, my mind around, be like, stay positive. We're doing, this isn't about me. This isn't about the fact that I'm having a bad day. This is about the 15 people that work for me, the, you know, hundreds of people that I get to connect with, you know, through social media or the podcast and that, you know, look up to what me and my team are doing to a point where it's like I've helped people or we've helped people, you know, grow their business and realize that it really just takes a little effort to, you know, take that next step and, and, you know, confidence. Yeah, there's a selfishness to negativity. Right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You're you're yeah. only thinking about yourself and how I'm affected by right. whatever's happening. Like yeah. you, you totally black out everything else. Yeah, and that I mean, I get so aggravated with that. So do I. It's like, and I and I say that, but it's like you know, that's okay, cool. Like, I don't need to hear about it. Right. Like, dude. Like, if you want to talk to me, like, I'm I'm cool to talk, but there's nothing I'm going to say to help. I know you're just trying to vent, and I'll listen. But I'm not going to, like, we're not going to have a conversation. About it. For me, it's like, it's the same thing as like when you're driving and there's an unaware driver. They're only focused on them. They don't know how anything they're doing is affecting everybody, like literally everybody yeah. else. It, that is probably the most infuriating thing for me. It's yeah. all in the same sort of yeah. world. We took a little detour there. Jeez. See that? Positive. Detour car Oh, theme. that was good. Just snuck that in there. That's, I'll stay, that's, I'll, that's I'll what stay, I'm here for. I'll stay positive and say, that was really good, Tom. Oh, thanks, Paul. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just really lifted the <laughs> podcast there. There's the cheesiness. Yeah, there, it <laughs> there it is. Nick, this has been great. I don't know if the listeners can hear. It's obviously gotten a little quieter because we've talked to you for such a long time. <laughs> yeah, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, that's, I'll listen to the podcast. Just picture, just uh, you know, lights, lights have been turned off lights, on exactly. Everybody's yeah, going yeah, home, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> Um, Nick, thank you so much for being on the podcast and of sharing course. your experience. I appreciate um, this. We've really enjoyed talking to you and just getting to know you more, more about your business and just your success has just been phenomenal. So we continue to wish that upon you. Um, all the great work you're doing for the industry, trying to lift it. It's I great really stuff. appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. good this one was fire, man. It was good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> appreciate you coming to Omaha. Thank you. We yeah. got a dinner tonight. Let's go have some beers. Cool. It's good. All right. Thanks. Take care. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.